0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Okay, we dance into the studios of 3CR on that lovely note, by Kathleen Liu. didn't see the way that name fell off my my mouth, up. I practised it five times before I said it. Good morning, listeners, from Left After Breakfast, here on 3CR, your only radio left. Good morning from myself, Susanna Duffy, and I'm joined, of course, by my my, num- my first co-host, my number one a co-host numero uno, Glenn, a resident historian, his and her
2: historian our story and good morning glenn g'day susanna g'day listeners this is your co-host from co-health not, <laughs> not i'm being paid right now but i do work at co-health anyway while i'm talking big cheer on birthday land to a listener of ours mr k boxall from bendigo
1: which is
2: 21 a bit today so kevin and listener land happy birthday and don't forget your pledge mate you made a pledge the 3cr left after breakfast please deliver up the pledge to us see you soon happy yeah. birthday is it twenty one by three, Yeah, or it's around tw- that range, it's or,
1: or twenty one by two point uh, six five or something? It's,
2: it's twenty one by three minus uno, I think. <laughs> so that's what it is. But it's Kevin's birthday, and Kevin's a listener of Left After Breakfast, whereas up there in here. Bendigo, yes, he's pledged us. To How's it, after it breakfast? going
1: up there in Bendigo, Kevin? How are you going you, you, with the mosque and the races, et cetera mm, up there? It. How are you going? Uh, He's I hope been... you're keeping your head down. You're a bit. You're getting on a bit now at 21 times four or whatever it is, to be fighting
2: anti-racists. He hasn't had much to say about the mosque, though. He's been more vocal about the change of leadership in the Liberal Party, and I'm intrigued too. Now, Mr Murdoch's man's been removed, so what will Mr Murdoch do about Mr Turnbull? Isn't Mr Turnbull
1: Mr Murdoch's man?
2: Not as and, much as Mr Abbott was. And,
1: and why are we calling him the Mr?
2: Well, it's the prefix used for the people in those roles, isn't it? Okay. Oh, well, I wouldn't call oh, it Well, Murdoch. Murdoch's man, yeah. Abbott, has been removed. Look, Abbott got the power for one reason. The Murdoch papers. The, the campaign yeah. of bullshit, to put it crudely, the lies disinformation that Murdoch ran for years and years. Abbott got in, and um, Abbott couldn't last. Abbott couldn't deliver. Yeah, I know he's noted Prince Philip. I know we've stopped the boats. We have axe for tax. But, um it was we ditched what, the was what, what, what people wanted and uh Murdoch's man's gone, so I'll be curious how Mr. Murdoch treats Mr. Turnbull. And um, Anyway, for Mr. Shorten, mate, your time's up soon. Game on now, mate. It's sad, isn't
1: it, because it how say? Shorten's looking like a a beached cod. You know, he really is like a, a cod gasping He's, for air. The best thing Shorten had going for him, and the only thing had he
2: had going yeah. for him was that, but it was the only thing. That's right, that's all he had. Look, Mr. Shorten is not what you call the... Come on, uh, Tanya. Okay. But Big Billy isn't the best, uh, best person out there. I mean, Big Billy. Has a very vivid imagination, as I've seen over the years. But anyway, game on, Mister Turnbull, Mister Shorten made the best uh, made the best sponsored team win. Mate, how does that sound? Who sponsors them? The wow. media. <laughs> anyway, it, we, look, that man. Malcolm,
1: I'm just a battler, Turnbull. No, he's not a b-
2: battler. He's he's a merchant banker in both regards. Worth,
1: and I thought he was worth 133 million, but I was wrong.
2: He's been downsized.
1: Hasn't no, he? it's 186. He's a merchant. How banker. wrong I was, how wrong. Yes, he was um
2: he what's was the big a, bank? A Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, Goldman
1: Sachs, of course. He was yeah. there. He left there with a nice bloody package. Oh, too. he would. But he says he was just a battler brought up by oh, a single yeah. father. He wasn't.
2: His father had money coming out of his ears.
1: His father had money coming out of his ears. His mother had money coming out of his ears. Out of it, her ears. Out of her race. Well, same thing. You know what I mean? I'm perplexed. Not a possessive bloody pronoun. Okay, I made the wrong gender. Both parents had money coming out of their ears. Yes. And they may have lived in separate places. As yes, you do, as parents do sometimes when children are small. Yes, but, but and when they're big too, Malcolm didn't miss out on one bloody thing. Yes. And yes, he went to a prestigious boys' college. But as Sydney he said, Grammar wasn't it? And, but he said, you know, lots of butlers went there. And I thought I'd like to bloody see the butlers. Well, but uh, anyway, like well,
2: the butlers who go to Geelong Grammar and the butlers who go to Scotch College. <laughs> butlers go there as the gardeners, or as the cleaners, or as the food assistants. <laughs> now. We've gone through the last 12 and a bit months in the next few years. The process, it's a centenary of the Great Trade War, also yes. called World War one And we've spoken a fair bit about opponents of the war in Australia... In Europe and around the world. I've touched a bit on opposition to the war in um, New Zealand, Aotearoa. I'll go back and spend some more time today talking about um, yeah, some of those who opposed the war across the Tasman and Aotearoa. And we, we don't, shouldn't forget, in Australia, we twice had plebiscites about bringing in conscription, and twice we voted no. We will not conscript our men to fight and die in Europe. And we're the only nation in the World War One that had no death penalty and had an entirely volunteer army. The Kiwis weren't as lucky. They had the government of the day, the New Zealand government, pass what was called the Military Service Act in 1915, which brought in conscription and cut down a lot of... Uh, it curtailed people's with free speech.
1: Oh, yes, well, there we go. On. I'm just going, on. Oh, yeah, well,
2: what's new? And those who were opposed to having their free speech curtailed, those who were opposed to conscription, often found themselves jailed. One of those jailed was a man called Peter Fraser, he spent 12 months in jail in 1916 because he called for a repeal of the Military Service Act. He called for a repeal of the Military Service Act at a public meeting and was jailed. This is a man called Peter Fraser, who later became a New Zealand Labor Prime Minister. Now, when was the last time you saw an Australian Prime Minister, or a future Prime Minister, go to jail? I mean, uh, was Curtin wasn't jail, was he? No, no, no. Ch- Chifley was sacked during the during the Great Strike of 1917. Chifley lost his job. Curtin was very active opposing the war. But I, I can't think anyone who was a Prime Minister of Australia was ever jailed for their political beliefs at any stage. But Peter Fraser, who became a Kiwi PM, was jailed for opposing the Military Service Act in 1916.
1: I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Just me when you said Peter Fraser, I thought... Gosh, I know a man called Peter Fraser, and then I thought no, he wasn't around in nineteen sixteen but, I, but with I, I should say good morning, Peter. I know that uh, when he's in Melbourne he listens, and good morning, Josh, because I know that you listen too. when um well you listen up in the mountains. It's amazing that people the the range that um three c r has yes, but so that's the wrong Peter Fraser, not the Peter Fraser whom I know
0: Another- you
2: another future labour politician a bloke called bob Semple, also spent 12 months in jail he addressed a million miners and he said don't be lassoed by the Prussian octopus conscription that, that's a good one lassoed by, by the, the Prussian Pruss- octopus earned him 12 months in jail another 12 months
1: in jail yep
2: like Peter Fraser, but the Kiwi government was quite. Like That's th- pretty bloody harsh. Look, we thought Hughes was bad in World War One in Australia, but Kiwis are a lot more. Uh, I mean, they weren't
1: directly threatened again. They were. This is New Zealand.
2: That's right. I mean, they're thousands of miles below us.
1: Yes, yes, they are. But that meant it's okay. They were tied in with the British Commonwealth, but they were a whole, a whole, and set. There were lots and lots of Maoris who were. Um, had been granted they had that treaty and White everything and the, uh, yes they had they were a strong sort of group of people there, and the rest of the people came from parts of what is now united kingdom great. they were mainly they were from the lowlands um of Scotland all along the border oh, marches that's there great, yes. uh grandchildren of Reavers and Welsh. Welsh, uh, Welsh who had to leave their borders after one of the Tudor things, whatever. But they're they're the white Europeans who settled yeah, the, the who settled Pakeha. They're the ones who settled New Zealand. They weren't anything. They were never English, as in England, Whoa. as in Queen Victoria, as in the kings of England. Though they came from a long history of those against. The English.
2: When I was young, people often colloquially described the white New Zealanders as South Sea pommies, but they were more English than we are in Australia. Amazing, because, you know, as I said, they came from anti-English stock. Well, we got a lot more Irish here than the Kewitzel. That's what they missed the out on in New Zealand. My they missed out on the Irish. So Irish yeah. Your family and mine. Well, yeah, back to New Zealand in World War I. Another ALP, another, ALP, another Labour poly in New Zealand is a boy called Paddy Webb. He was opposed to the war. He made it quite clear he opposed the Prussian invasion of Belgian and France. But he opposed conscription. He, uh, he supported striking miners, saying their actions reflected the democratic rights of workers. But the authorities cracked down on him. Because he spoke publicly about supporting strikes, he was jailed twice for sedition speeches. And by the second time he was jailed, he was in Parliament. So he came out supporting your right to strike as minors, I support your right to strike, and that was sedition. He was jailed twice, once as a union official and once as a Labor member of Parliament. The New Zealand government was very, very nasty. I'll say they were. I didn't know
1: They had such a vindictive, malicious background. Well,
2: I've, I spoke to you and listeners a few weeks ago about um, so Archibald Baxter and Walter Briggs, two very active anti-conscriptionists who were brutally treated by the military. I mean, uh, soldier confinement, bashings, beatings, they, they brutalised those opposed to war, but New Zealand were quite brutal. But as I said, but there's some places. It wasn't all gloom and doom. There's some good pockets of anti-war activity. It and wasn't all gloom
1: and doom in no, New Zealand well, during then, these times. No,
2: well, but you know, you, you must look at things dialectically. There's always negatives and positives. And one big area of anti-war activities was on the west coast of the South Island, around Hokitika, Greymouth, and Queenstown. And hello, Karen Taylor, whose family's from that part of New Zealand. I've been everywhere, man. Well, I've been to Hokitika. I've been to Greymouth. I've been to Queenstown. and I've been to a little town called Blackball, and Blackball what a it, great name! It was a famous mining bastion in the South Island. It was a big miners' strike. I'm going to there book be it a home. reason
1: for it being called Blackball.
2: Well, it was a very famous town. And they said they uh, were very active in the war years, and uh, a lot of those who were evading, uh, evading being conscripted, moved down to Blackball. In these areas to work as miners, and the miners in Blackball went on strike in 1917. Big goal wasn't just wages and conditions. They wanted to repeal the Military Service Act. And they also linked a warfare on the area. They had a series of go-slows and a series of strikes. So good, you know, working-class action by these groups of workers on the South Island. And like, unfortunately, they didn't win, but um, they took action. And when they when the officials arrested the miners' leaders, there was a big strike all up and down the west coast of New Zealand. So it wasn't all limited. There were some good bastions of active, of, you know, active anti-war activities in New Zealand.
1: What did you say apart from Black Bastion?
2: Uh, Hokotika, Greymouth, Queenstown. Hokitika. Where were there. Ah,
1: uh, that's, mm. why, that's why I thought of I've Been Everywhere, man. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because you know that song. Yeah, Lucky Star, 1960. Might have been before 1960, but okay, on the cusp of 1960. But anyway, I alright, I born. It, it doesn't matter. It was before you were born. It was mm-hmm. before you were born. I've been everywhere, man. There is a New Zealand version of it. Go on. And the one that, uh, no, listener, this is a bit of history. I, I haven't jumped in on Glenn, the resident historian, his and her story our story in radio segment, because this is historical too. Lucky Star had that song, and if you remember, the first line of "I've been everywhere," and then I was, I, 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 I was humping my bluey down along whatever road it was. But remember. in New Zealand, they they don't hump their bluey. Uh, Lucky Star was humping his bluey on on the long, humping my bluey on the dusty un, on the dusty unandata road, but in New Zealand, they hitching their ride on the winding Hokitika road. Oh yeah. It is wide. And along comes a lorry with a and canvas covered load. They don't see they had lorries. We had a, a semi. He was picked up by a semi mm. um, I, I think it's, you know I think it's terrific. And he'd been uh wangara akarora muju kakotara moa been more ponga or key a remiti could take a raka no haki wamahaka macho wakaka Oh, he we been everywhere, we Oh,
2: he's been everywhere. everywhere now. What's what? While you're on the on the tangent, what's Lucky Star's real name? Oh, I forget Lucky Star's real name. It was a Polish name. He was Dutch. Dutch
1: was it? Yeah, I can't remember. his name, but Lucky Star was Dutch. But anyway, back well, I, well, he was Australian, but he had a. His parents were from yeah. the Netherlands, and he had a. Well, I thought they, they were from Poland. He had a Polish no, name. Dutch, Dutch. Young anyway. or something. Back in, or uh, like in Young
2: Back in New Zealand a hundred years ago, there was legislation which was quite pernicious and the Kiwis, unlike us, that's yeah, it that's the word nasty, you know. As I said, you know, you were opposed to conscription, you were jailed, you were brutalized, you were forced into the army, your free speech was curtailed. You spoke up publicly, be you a union official, even a member of Parliament, you were jailed and um, yeah, we, mm, we we don't we don't learn these things. We often as I've said in the past, we often hear, "Oh, you know, we went to war in Gallipoli, you know, for democracy and for free speech." We forget, in terms of the 1914, the most democratic place in the world was probably Germany. Germany had far more suffrage yeah, than Australia England. Yeah, but we didn't invade Germany. Yeah, but the, the, we fought the Hun because the Hun fought us. The, the The Kaiser's Hun was the enemy, you know. We fought the Hun, but the Hun won. Yeah, Hun won. You know, but again, England, democracy in Australia, New Zealand, England was miles behind Germany. Miles behind. Besides, it was Turkey we
1: invaded. Poor little bloody backwater country.
2: Because Germany supported a Hun. Of course, we are.
1: We, we don't discuss the Turkey. Well, mm. They didn't know what they were doing in Turkey. No. The well, Be- 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 Ottoman Pearson's Empire was falling apart.
2: Yeah, you had the end of the Ottoman Empire and you had the rise of Kamala Turkey. You built a new Turkey. Wonderful a leader. Turkey. What a wonderful leader he mm. was. But he, um, he puts the shame the leaders of the Australian I'll and British say. and New Zealand army. But again, not all the Australian leaders were bad, but they reckon the best general in World War one was a little Jewish boy from Geraldry. John Monash.
1: Ah, I was trying to think. It was a little Jewish boy from Gerildery. What? John Monash. Monash.
2: He always said he can recall Ned Kelly and the Outlaws coming to Geraldine in ah, February eighteen seventy nine.
1: Geez wow. that'd be a memory to have, wouldn't it? You? Well Geraldine's. Um, you know have, have you have yeah. a, you, you ever spoken to John Manash. John no. Manash? No, he's dead. I know, but have you ever I mean when did he die before 1931? you were Well you haven't you spoken to him <laughs> Stop. Have you ever spoken to one of his grandchildren? No, I wouldn't have or a neighbour? No, no. No, because if you had that would give you a really Segway. strong c- connection. Mm. to Ned Kelly because if you've spoken to someone, you know you've actually exchanged a a, a verbal, you know, with Mm. someone who saw something. My great-grandmother knew someone who'd seen the fires light when they were a child, Mm. had seen the fires being lit on the hills for the Second Scottish Uprising. So that gave me, I had had then, I thought I have a direct connection, a direct link, even though I wasn't there. My great-grandmother wasn't it, but she mm. knew someone who had seen. Mm. Whose grandfather, I think, had seen that. You know what I mean? My a grandmother connection there.
2: knew someone. There's that famous Tom Roberts painting done at Brocklesby <laughs> Station, Brocklesby between Cora yeah. and Aubrey. The painting is Shivering the Rams, and my nan knew one of the young, you've a young tar boy in the picture. Oh, in the picture. Well, so he, there you go. You know, so he, he was older than her, of course. He Maybe, maybe she was 20 when she met him, and he was like 50. It was painted, I think it was painted about 20 years before my name was born, so he would have been an older man with stage. But um, she knew him, who was in Tom Roberts' famous painting, Shearing the Rams.
1: Well, there's this strong connection to that painting. You know, mm. i demand you of there's your connection to Tom
2: Roberts. And my grandmother always told us their family met Ned Kelly. Ned Kelly visited well, they, their family. Well, you had that
1: connection. Mm. You knew your grandmother. Mm.
2: Absolutely. You knew very well for 24 years. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean,
1: you knew her. So mm. there's the, you knew that that's mm. strong enough. You know what I mean, l- l- listener, don't and you? Right, it's yeah. when you know someone who you knows someone, you mm. have that connection. And, of course, it's, it's when like, you die without mm. passing that on, then that connection is it's lost.
2: Gone. So Ned Kelly, my grandmother knew of, knew, her parents met. Yeah, but Monash, as I said, Monash was an interesting figure looking at World War One, Look, I mean, I don't want to... I I don't like militarisation history. It's, a, it's become a real feature in Australia the last 25 years or so. John now, Monash, Howard
1: has a lot to do with yeah, that.
2: Yeah, let's look at Monash. Okay, he was in Girouda when the Kelly Gang came to town. He became... Now, despite the fact he was Jewish, and in those days, being Jewish was a, a huge black mark. In the, Was it? Oh, golly, yes. Oh, uh, anti-Semitism uh, uh, was rife in, in the ruling well, class. Well, the country town. Oh, no, the ruling class per se. anti was rife, you know. And um, Monash rose to be a general in the Australian Army. And remember the SCC? Of course, I remember the SEC. Well, Vic. Was the founder of the SEC. He established the SEC. Was Jeff Kennett privatised 60 years later? Naturally. And I, I, have we you. ever
1: recovered from the SEC? Being no, privatized? we have not. Thank you very much, Jeff Kennett. We One more thing privatization from Jeff Privatisation
2: leads to more efficient services, it means to more returns for shareholders. But I mean, all those jobs in La Trobe Valley are gone forever. Yeah, ever. Those job jobs get gone forever. And, and, well there's see energy Australia, you know, in all these different companies. I don't know what's what's a retailer, what's a generator, what's a supplier I mean, Who knows what these damn things are? But Monash was the father of the SEC. and um uh, yeah, Monash died quite young. He's only been in his mid fifties when he passed away, early in the nineteen thirties. But he was considered one of the best generals of World War One and um yeah. But yes, World War One opposition to World War One and all the horrors unleashed. It's it's part of a history and again, as I've said regularly, we don't hear this in the mainstream media. We don't hear this from Christopher Pine. But no, by listening at please. three you know, but hearing at like three so we can discuss these things, you know. But there's two sides of history, my dear. As Bad you would say, one always divides into two. And that's our role here. It's the other side of the equation. As who would say? Badieu, French um, French Marxist philosopher, Alain Badieu, B A D I O U. He's a like, like Zizek. He's a bit of a, a mix of Marxism and psychoanalysis. But he's a contemporary, and there's not many great thinkers in contemporary world is he? I mean, no. It's still not Australia
1: talking of people being mm-hmm. leaders and things are yeah. have been jailed and been pulled up, you know, for sedition and all sorts yeah. of stuff, I was very uh, amused by seeing a photo recently, well, a collage of two photos put together of the English uh, leaders in England. In, and there's a picture of um, both of them in their youth. There's a picture of Dave Cameron, David Cameron. Oh, yes. In his youth and mm. his beautiful blazer and he's standing with the... Half a dozen other beautifully turned out boys. Eaton
2: Harrow. Oh, some, somewhere.
1: You no, know, they beautifully turned. out. Some very exclusive, exclusive club, and they were at. They were about to go on the river. There were oars there in the background. A very, very exclusive club. Not for, long, grammar. for the sons of the rich. It's a long grammar. David Cameron in England. <laughs> That's no, what it sounds like. No, Prince Charles is long, right? But the very, very exclusive boys' club, mm-hmm. and there, at the same age, was a picture of uh, of the other leader in England, Who's Jeremy that? Corbyn. Oh, yeah. And I'd call him Mr. Corbyn. And there's him; he's being held down by two cops. <laughs> he's in a, a sort of a um, headlock, and he's got a sign, you know, saying, you know, well, it's ban the bombs. It's it's for the nuclear free. Yeah. And there was the difference between, they were the same age, these two young men. Mm. It really so it typified for me those two leaders in uh, England. I, I thought it was very cleverly done putting in two photos together. Uh, you'd like to think, now what was um, the bull doing at that, that bull, the Prime Minister, the bull, I just call him the bull.
3: Oh, that, oh, that piss oh, that
1: piss-weak poltroon. I don't know what he's doing. The bull. I'm just thinking, who was... Is- when a party changes its leader, it hasn't changed its stripes, or much oh, less its okay, spots.
2: He's a crude saying, he's on air, what, what I'm thinking, but um, yeah. Look, I mean, look, as I said, look, Mr. Shorten has some real problems now. His best weapon, his party's best weapon is gone. So Turnbull, yeah, we'll see. I'm just curious, as I said, how Murdoch treats Turnbull. I mean, Murdoch's man was Abbott. Murdoch anointed him for the job. Murdoch ran his whole election campaign, basically, and now he's gone. So how will the Murdoch papers and and people like Andrew Bolt and Marinda Devine these types treat um, Mr Turnbull? I mean, well, they won't there'll be. not support Shorten. It's going to be. It's interesting times.
1: It's a honeymoon. Usually, for it used to be about a month. These days, a honeymoon can last a week. Yeah. So that there'll be, as I said, a honeymoon with these big mainstream corporate media. As I did the media, I did notice that uh, the bunch of the corporate media referred to re- refer to the bull as being from the centre so and and they the centre, just the centre, and they tell us so the he is going to unite Australia. But I tell you what he's done right. lately, the bull What's he, done? he voted very, very, very strongly for decreasing A B C and S B S funding mm-hmm. decreasing uh, availability of welfare payments decreasing and,
2: he, really and he voted
1: very very strongly for intervention in the northern territory yeah. and extending that intervention he, also voted strongly he also voted strongly for the cards that we given to some welfare recipients. Yeah. Uh, like a credit card that like, you can only card. use in certain, certain, certain like places,
2: or Coles ever sponsors you? Yeah, yes. That's find it's like. And Walls he's and Coles. I mean, they're two big players in Australian corporates, and Woolworths and Coles. He's voted very, very, very,
1: very strongly you against. Mean yeah, increasing investment in renewable yeah, energy, I know that is. increasing marine, correct, sort of conservation, yep. a, against a minerals resource rent tax. Yeah, He's... A, a, He's voted against increasing accessibility of government data, increasing protection of Australia's fresh water. And he's voted very strongly against any any scrutiny of asylum seeker management. So I'm getting the impression you're going to vote for him. And he's also voted very strongly against uh, plain packaging for uh, t- tobacco. T- t- tobacco products. This is your oh, man I. from the centre. If he's from the centre, that's somewhere between the far right and the very, very no, far I right.
2: I many years ago, my dear, there was an article written about 2003-2004 yes. called Reagan, the Paradigm Shifter. It is the Paradigm. And the achievement of yeah. Reagan and Thatcher was when they came to power at the 70 80 period, what was the middle of the road then? became extreme left. Yes. What was the left (laughs) disappeared? And what was extreme right became the mainstream? Yeah, that's right. And basically Turnbull maintains that. I mean, it's interesting, but um, he's put Barnaby Joyce in charge of water. Good Lord. It's like putting... Oh, uh, the Dracula yeah, in, in yeah. charge of the blood I bank. mean, they will rape the Australian rivers. They will destroy the water system in Australia. But we'll go. We'll send after the cockies to make more cotton and more, more. you know, more for irrigation. Who cares if yeah. rivers yeah. die? Who yeah. cares about tourism, you know? What Good is Lord. it?
1: With, what is it with the cotton? These people who grow cotton in Australia, why has anyone... Water-grown rice. How can we... Why are we growing rice? Why are we growing rice? Why, listener? Why are, we, why are we growing bloody rice in Australia? Why are we growing bloody cotton in Australia? Why don't we We're
2: grow... in some... our climate. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we grow some more sustainable products? Why don't we look at some permaculture for growing stuff, you know? And why the don't wise? we encourage tourists? Let's return tourists? the water to the waterways. Absolutely. Tourism brings more bucks... But Rasmus has like, you know, growing rice and cotton in the middle of, you know, Leighton or Naranda or Berrigan or, you know, Geraldry or Griffith, you know. <laughs> All those names you can I, think well, of. I, I know those I mean, pretty everywhere well. i man. Anyway, I'm going to have to go soon. Cause you, I believe oh, The well, time be, is going on. It's very soon. Now, who comes in next? I believe we have Irene Bolshevik and the Ragman. The irate Bolshevik. Irate Bolshevik, you know. Who was that? Was that Jack Paculo? Jack, Jack Patchouli, yeah. He dead, is he? This looks at like my eyes. Is he dead?
1: Well, I thought he was still alive, but the bag man assures, assures me he is dead. Okay. And that I'm looking at his son, who's also a Jack Bajulian, who's a oh. chip off the old rotten block.
2: Okay. Remember he um, So you can't can you <laughs> didn't couldn't I mean, he couldn't be sued because he his made dog. his dog's editor, yeah. His dog was the editor to the paper. <laughs> and she shit ass rat.
1: And I thought, you know, well actually I'm very clever like that. I have a, a website but it's uh um, but if you want to sue them only the website that that Vladimir own, Ilyich? Vladimir Ilyich Well yeah. vel, well actually it's not the Vladimir Ilyich stuffy R. I. P. It's, uh, well, Vladimir Ilyich, my original black cat. is no longer here, is he? Called Ily, for short. He was the one who had to fight with the tiger snake. And after two years of sort of getting more feeble, finally... Finally we Went left. over the rainbow. Went uh, to the rainbow bridge, yes. Okay. Over the rainbow to the bridge. Billy thought yes. the, the But the next cat I had also, the same long, lean, black cat, it's called Vladimir Luciano. Hello, Vladimir Tucciano. Luciano. Luciano. Lucky, Luciano. Lucky, you know, the Vladimir Luciano, but he uh, actually is the owner, the registered owner of uh, a website.
2: Well, him where, and Jack's dog should meet some stage and discuss, oh, yes. discuss cross-media
1: ownership. I think we should, but my cat Lenny doesn't media. doesn't speak to
2: dogs. Well, there's always a, he first has a time problem idea. with them. Marx always said capitalists would ban the hungry brothers and and media figurines like dogs and cats would be sort of hungry siblings too. That's a, that's true. I, I should investigate that. In fact, I that's will investigate Harsman, yeah? cross
1: media ownership. And then that old dog. I'm and Vladimir Luciano. <laughs> yes, so, Vladimir, and Vladimir Luciano Duffy. Vladimir Luciano Duffy. So, That's so, him. He's registered. He's down at the town hall registered. Yeah, who am I right? who and am he's got I a argue? chip in his ear that says that name.
2: As long as he hasn't got a chip on his shoulder. And anyway, what more can I say than the wonderful words of my forebears, Chuckula? Chuckula.
0: Left After Breakfast presents the legendary Left After Lunch, a very special getting to know you day and fundraiser where you will rub shoulders with legendary luminaries and swap stories with other legendary listeners. Tickets are $25 and $30. So come on down for Left After Lunch on Sunday, the 1st of November, from 1pm to 4pm at Eco Centre St Kilda Botanic Gardens. Visit 3cr.org.au for more information.
1: Yes, so don't forget the, the special left after lunch Sunday. You've only got um, six weeks, if that. No, five weeks.
4: And tickets are selling fast. Good morning, Susan. Good, good morning. morning, Irene. Good
1: morning, Bagman. Good morning, mm. Susanna. Good morning, Bagman. And good morning, dear Irene. Thank oh, you.
4: We had enough of that, have we? <clears throat> Jesus. Going around in circles. Anyway. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, uh, they say that poli- uh, 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 a week is a long time in politics, and as we've seen from last week's program, we have a new prime minister. We have had uh, five prime ministers in, in five years. In five five years, years. years. We're famous uh, around the world. I wonder if uh, <laughs> Silvio Berlusconi might uh, get a. A, a role oh, in the new yeah. cabinet. You now, who knows? Well, I heard
1: rumours that La Ciccione might be on her way out here. Is that the
4: woman who. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that one. That one. Yes. Yeah, but she doesn't go like that now. I don't think She's so. She's the one that beat her breast, oh, wasn't she? she? It was her job. I think it was only one, wasn't it? What do you mean it was her job?
1: It was her job. She was an exotic dancer.
4: Oh, was she? Oh. <laughs> and now she's a Member of Parliament. Yes. Is oh. she still a Member of yeah. Parliament, though? No. No, I it's think a she's long got... time now. She'll oh. be retired. But,
1: it, but there are rumours that I've heard that she, but apparently there was discussion amongst the ALP that she may be put forward <laughs> as um, really? a candidate for leadership. Oh. <laughs> but Elmo wasn't too keen on it. No.
3: no.
4: I tell you what, the <laughs> surge in the polls from Turnbull to Shorten in the last yes, week. But it's the same old government. No, yeah. Um, the yeah, same old yeah. Abbott government, the same old corrupt government um, that we've had to put yeah. up with it for two years because they changed their leader. Because
1: it just shows you how much Abbott was loathed yes, by Yes, but not was, just that. Yeah, exactly. I was
3: reading the other day about how looks pay a part in who people will support. In you can't be ugly. Well, no, it's better not to be ugly. Although I must say, with some of the people already in Parliament, it does yeah, come on. A bit of a question about it, but uh, there was an analysis of Mr Turnbull's face, yeah, and uh, you know he's got big eyes and he's he's got a. a, a, a uh, his face is uh, even all the way over And he's very yes. pleasant looking And that that has an effect on it's people It's
1: all balanced, his face yes. is balanced. Yes. But uh, we've
4: been saying for years If you're, if yes you're got an ugly those little eyes. Yeah, If you're a no. ugly politician It just doesn't cut it with, uh, with no. the public No, You've got to be looking So that's why
3: people are going Oh yes, we like him Because he's nice looking mm. Forget that he's holding on to the same policies In relation to just about everything including he wants a, a referendum now on uh, gay marriage, which he was stridently opposed to before. So it's it's interesting about people, mm. isn't it?
4: Well, he's that, he's up to about 50, 56% of the approval rating just in the last <laughs> week. Yes. Um, but... I suppose, and I heard that Bill Shorten was down to about 25%. Mm. Now, really, the Labour Party has to do something. They do. You have to get rid of Bill Shorten. He's ineffectual. Um, he won't stand up. He won't fight on behalf of the people he supposedly represents. And, you know, in the old saying, he's as weak as boarding house tea. I he's ha- about as tough as the skin on a rice custard. I hate
1: to say that he has all the conviction of a dying cod.
4: Mm. Oh, and has yes. all the all the charm of a galley trap. Um,
1: <laughs> well, he looks
3: weak. That's the problem. When well, in he parliament, he looks weak. He and looks weak. weak. Uh, he sits there, sort of half smiling in embarrassment when Turnbull has a go at him which he has numerous times yes. the last couple of days has you oh. know really having a go at him well just it, was, sort of,
1: yeah, it was the bull not answering questions and being very smart but sort yes, just of just gaping uh, at him yes and, uh, and
4: don't forget that uh, 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 approximately six months ago Christopher F- Christopher Pine called uh, him a C-bomb yeah. um, and he yeah. done nothing about it now mm-hmm. if I happened to be the leader of the Labour Party I would have Dived across the table and punched the shit out but of the little been, bloke. Yeah, you can't be called a bomb oh. in Parliament and expect to get away with it. But they did. He mm. did. Christopher Pyne mm. did. Simple because um, he's um, he's uh, he's a love child or was the love child of, of Bromwell Bishop. You know, Ronnie and
3: uh, and Abbott. Yeah. Oh apparently. my God. But, but they're both gone. Well, they are. Well, they've gone now. Well, Abbott's actually disappeared altogether because he yes. hasn't turned up anywhere. No
1: one's. No one has seen him. No. He's actually been missing. Yes, with their media is in absolute frenzy about it because they can't find it. They, you know, they're Everyone was trying to get a photo of Abbott. You know, kicking with a tree girls. or kicking a dog, or kicking a <laughs> no, no. cat, or something. He's, he's they sooking. really, they really want to <laughs> get a picture of him sucking and blubber. They really want it. Yes. They can't find him anywhere. No. I'm only pleased that uh, Margie has been seen and she's been seen in public because mm-hmm. I was worried about her. I really was worried, and I've said it before. I worry. I've said it before when Abbott was the opposition leader. I've said it when he was prime minister. Yeah, but (laughs) he worries me. He's he's Mm. a man who can't control his temper. He is physically violent, and I was concerned for his wife.
4: Mm. And I still say that. Yeah, well, I don't I
1: really
3: haven't thought of that. I, I don't. No, I think well, she's, well, a, I, she's a she's yeah, a pretty well, strong sort of a woman, and
4: I th- not think of it. Mm. Mm. I wonder. But, and uh, Irene said you've got to be very careful what yes. you say. Mm. That's why we've got you on the program, <laughs> Irene. Oh, are you. are our, you're our um, I was visiting, just like barrister. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you keep
3: us in line.
4: Um, with your I, scintillating just
3: personality. Just in relation to that, though, that, that that Shorten's response was so weak in relation to what happened. He's going around congratulating Turnbull and you'd think they'd make a bit more out of it, like what Mm. the other side did when uh, poor old Julia Gillard copped it like crazy. Oh, he did
4: say that uh, Abbott had served the country well and uh, he wished (laughs) him well and uh, he was a great success as far as politics go. My Uh, God, you don't have to go that far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you don't have
3: to be horrible and mean and nasty all the time, but at least have a crack. Uh, oh no, if, um, if Like I Abbott
4: did, did.
1: with yes. his when he came out when he had to come out and face the public. Yeah. After he'd been kicked out booted out as leader. When he came out and said big crowd today, thanks for coming. Hmm. And basically said he was going and they've that been you know, horrible and, to and me. Bit, He didn't say <laughs> he didn't mention the bull or anyone else, he didn't say one word.
4: He didn't have to. He stopped the boats. No,
1: but he exactly. Didn't say, but he didn't mention <laughs> anything about it because you don't give them credibility by mentioning their names, I suppose. But mm. anyway, he's gone. I'm glad to see the. I like to see the failed priest out of the. Oh, the I spot. would
3: have preferred him to stay there. Uh, yes, would have been got, a, a shoe in for labour <laughs> next year, well, or for a few we're other we're people still, like me.
1: Yeah, we still got that Pentecostal bastard in there, Morrison, though.
4: Morrison, you've got uh, Andrews, who's a mad Catholic, and his wife um, is the head of Opus Dei. Um, so you've got the mad she Christian element. She can't be yet. head of Opus Dei. She can't be. They well, don't, no, Catholics well, a, don't allow women to, to be heads Do of stuff like that
3: must be women's version of it's Opus The day. women's
1: version of <laughs> Opus Oh, well, she's the secretary of Is the she? man who's in head. Oh, course. that could be right. Yeah. And I mean secretary like typing mm. things and making cups of tea.
4: Well, she's very influential, as yes. I understand it, in Opus day. Um Got yeah, to be able to flog yourself, um, though.
3: Now, what's flog yourself? Yeah. Yes. That's what they do. Yes. Yeah, they flog themselves. Flog themselves,
4: yeah. Um, I don't, well, I don't mean... know
3: if they still do Stop it. it. But they used to flog themselves. And we're
4: not Flagellate. About that. It's called flagellate. Flagellate. Yeah. Yeah. It's called masturbate. Better. No, no,
3: about no. Flagellate yeah, flagellate. When you say, flog yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought of masturbation until you said it, but anyway. No, because it the first <laughs> thing that came into my mind. <laughs> why <course>. was we? <laughs> yeah. But uh, what's his name? Um, what's that What's that really conservative one who came out and went crazy? The politician? Corey Bernardi. Corey Bernardi. Bernardi who's... Uh, we knew exactly he, who you meant. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so he's been flirting with. Um, Oh, I can't remember anything this morning uh, uh, What's that religious Setting up his own party No, no, he's been flirting with that party already there The religious one, sort of one um, Family First
4: Oh, Family First, yes yeah.
3: Yes, yes, because he's already had dealings with Family First So there's some question now whether he might join Family First or Oh, well, good him. luck to him he's him. not going to stay No, no. Uh, anyway, anyway, it's all uh, fascinating He well, was in
1: by five votes or something, wasn't he? He what? Wasn't it five votes? Five votes, not boats. boats. five votes. V V for La France. There was ten, B, ten votes Mutt.
3: difference, so it needed five for it to be a draw, right? Between them, Turnbull won by ten votes. No, be- no, I oh, meant. Oh,
1: what are you I, talking about? I meant Corey Bernardi.
4: He got in where by five? He votes? got his
1: seat by five. Oh really? Or something. Oh well, he'll be gone, and, won't he? And,
4: and, and it was the
1: third count.
4: Oh right! (laughs) Well, he got on his side, and all the uh,
1: postal votes and everything had to everything. Yeah, uh, Mm
4: -hmm. yes. Um, And when you talk about politics, um, and you talk about Julie Bishop, Mm. she has got to be a political cockroach. Now, I mean that in the nicest (laughs) way, because well, Well, even even a nuclear bomb can't (laughs) kill cockroaches. (laughs) This woman has been a leader (laughs) or the the deputy to about four or five prime ministers. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, she's asbestos proof. Uh, Well, she's the queen
4: of asbestos. She's the one that uh, ran the people who were suffering from asbestosis and whatever. Exactly. um, Down down all the holes so that uh, the company she represented wouldn't have to pay um, any compensation. Two people with uh, mesothelioma and good. whatever,
3: and she set the whole thing in place anyway. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this time. And if it, what gets me, and I'll stop in a minute because I know you want to speak about something. No, but right. what gets me is that what Julia Gillard copped, but Ms. Bishop has is floating through it all, mm-hmm. even though she set up and she went in to, te- to say something to Abbott first, which has got parallels with what happened with. Uh, uh, with Julia Gillard, mm. but uh, the media aren't going for their throats well, she, like they did with Labor. She Julia. knew
4: about it well before that there was going to be a challenge, and she didn't go and see Tony Abbott. Um, she um, yes. actually worked behind yes. his back, yes, and uh, then um, stabbed him in the back, yes, and then had him charged with carrying a concealed weapon.
1: <laughs> That's uh, what they do in politics.
4: That's politics for you. Yes. It's a filthy business. It's almost as filthy as uh, politics in a sporting club, like bowls, for example.
3: Yes. Well, you if know. I run for the Senate, though, will you still talk to me? If yeah, I that's could? right. Um, <laughs> Irene
4: is thinking about setting up a, a party yeah, well, like, to run to, in the Senate. I
1: know, I've been thinking about this, and I think Irene, well, look, well, look let's just imagine she's not here at the moment. Yeah. I'm thinking about Irene, but I was thinking, no, she's better. Oh, I thought she'd be better off as, as an independent.
3: Okay, well, it's probably uh, something to discuss at some point.
4: Well, we've seen people from the Shooters Party and uh, Liberal Democrats and whatever get up mm. with uh, you know point uh, twenty five vote. votes or something. <laughs> yes. So there's always a chance for you, Irene. But it's a matter of what yes. you would call the party. Would have been, would would you go along the lines of um, Pauline Hanson and call it the you know the Irene Bolger Party? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It seems we, a bit egotistical to me. soldier with Bolger and whatever. Soldier with Bolger. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to have you as a campaign manager. Soldier with
3: Bolger. <laughs> uh,
4: anybody that uh, wants Irene to set up her own political party, can give us a phone call um, after the program finishes. Uh, look And tell us what to call it. Yeah. Look, something no, serious.
1: that actually... This is the kind of thing that gives people get so pissed off. Hmm. They really do with the shenanigans. I'm saying it's an... I shouldn't say shenanigans. That's a nice Irish word, which is a friendly set of fisticuffs, a, a friendly bout of fisticuffs, mm-hmm. shenanigans, followed by a bit of drinking and dancing and uh, cuddling. So I won't say shenanigans, but they get fed up with all the dirty business that goes on with politics and makes them start voting instead for minor parties and mm-hmm. independents. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I don't have a with a hung parliament at all. I well, think it keeps, us, keeps them all on their toes. I like tetchy senates with independents yes. and minor parties in there. Mm. I think it's a good time to go for the Senate.
4: Uh, but I, I would I, do it
1: myself if I had more, but yeah. I, it's not me.
4: No. It's not me. But I'm, I've to, I'm
1: out of politics forever.
4: I think they're going to change the rules anyway because they're sick yeah. of these um, minor micro-parties yes. and uh, the big parties will get together and make sure they, that uh, they, will. they can't get over the line again. Yep. You know. Yep. Well, we we'll um, just
1: have to stop them doing that.
4: Well, I suppose you will, but uh, uh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how we do that. We'll Soldier have to with Bolger, well, I suppose. So, <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna copyright that name.
1: Yes. Well, can me, we, so. We, we can have. We'll talk about that after the election. All oh, right. Okay. Like uh, like the bull wants to do. Talk about everything after the after election. The election, which is only next year. Yeah.
3: Yes. Mm. Well, unless he brings it forward to early next
4: year. Don't be surprised. No. Anyway, uh, speaking of something. Um, Um, important, and not to say that we weren't (laughs) speaking about something important because we're talking about Soldier or Bulger or whatever. Um, We raised the matter last week, the last couple of weeks, about a franchisee pizza chain called Crust Pizza. Now, I did say that uh, the managing director of uh, Crust Pizza was carrying out an investigation uh, about the alleged uh, breaches of the award which took place with the young people imported at Crust Pizza in Sydney Road in Brunswick. Um, and the mother who raised these concerns with me has written back to the company and said, and I quote her, ''Since our correspondence, I've had several ex-staff members approach me with stories of how they were underpaid, bullied and general treatment and, and conduct by crust management at the Brunswick store, which includes...'' Now, here's the here's the allegations... Overemployment of Nepalese migrants on four, five, seven visas that resulted in problems with their visa status. The owner bullied them into doing extra shifts, which caused them a lot of immigration issues. Now, here's the worst
1: immigration issues.
4: Well, you know, like yeah. uh, you only allowed of seven or seven think of You know, mm. half wages mm. and whatever. Mm. Um, she goes on to say that the most reprehensible sale. Of CCTV footage of Jill Maher. Now we all remember Jill yes. Maher, who was raped and murdered by Adrian Bailey. Jill Maher walking past the store on the night she was raped and murdered by Adrian Bailey. The owner did not forward the footage to police to assist with her investigation. Instead, she sold it to a media outlet oh. and made a considerable a sum from Jill Maher's rape and murder. How is that? Uh, it's a pretty How low fact.
1: It has nothing to do Ooh. with the with the issue of the the young workers and the and the the migrant workers and all this, but that's a pretty bloody low. I'm afraid well look, uh I I don't look. I'm at a loss for words. Really, mm. that's uh, the yeah. manager of Crust Pizza Brunswick at four five one to four five seven Sydney Jesus. Road Brunswick, which is just past Albert Street, going north on the way up to Blythe Street. But in the paper
3: yesterday, there was an employee of there. Crust Pizza in another state who got all. Her, I sent it. Oh. Um, I sent it on Facebook. Oh, look, I, uh, I, I yeah. And uh, she got all of her entitlements from Cross well, Crust Pizza in another state. I think it was Queensland
4: or somewhere. Yeah, all right. Let's mm. be uh, let's be uh, honest here. Uh, crust Pizza has looked into this franchisee. Mm-hmm. They've agreed to pay all the young people the award rate. Uh, they've agreed to pay anybody that does training shifts, Um uh, they're going to pay them. Oh, good! Uh, because the uh, they got in touch with, um, or the mother got in touch with Fair Work Australia and said, any any young person who does a training shift must be paid for it. Mm. They've also investigated and said that they apologise for the uh, threats made to the young people, young people who couldn't turn up for a shift would Then be rung by the uh, owner and say, and the owner said, Where are you? Why aren't you here? And then they would then sack them exactly. because they couldn't turn up for their shift and they might have had a, leg- a legitimate reason for doing it, like a school exam. Yeah, so uh, in the in the
1: so it's so really the problem there with crust pizza is with that particular franchisee.
3: Well, it may not be. We don't know. Well, it know. may not be. Yes, as I've so. just said, there was some, someone in Queensland, it was in yesterday's page. Oh. Well,
4: um, I, I would imagine that uh, any, um, any fast food outlet, any restaurant, any hotel or catering business is all always ripping off people mm. as far as their penalty well, rates go and whatever. So it shouldn't be confined just to crust pizza. We've seen Seven Eleven mm. and we've heard of all the other places. And we
1: know about that original one with the golden arches and the absolute abysmal stuff that goes on there. And you know about that, Bagman.
4: Well, I did get sued back in 1982 for saying uh, something similar and writing a book called Rip Off Ronald which uh, made those uh, same allegations that we're facing here today. Mm. And uh, I must say that uh, McDonald's, I never go there, um, have got their act together because of the worldwide publicity that they received.
1: Yes, and they received that wonderful publicity in the case in England. That's right. Those, lost, those two, those two young people.
4: The longest legal trial in uh, in England's history. Yes. And, and unfortunately, for um, McDonald's. Yeah, uh, yeah against <laughs> McDonald's, and uh, unfortunately they they, lost. they took a lot of the. Um, um, the content of the book that we wrote mm. and applied it in England, and that's why they got into all the trouble. Um, but they went for about four years, I think. Yes, and it did in go end, for a long time. McDonald's couldn't win the bad publicity, and uh, they dropped off. Mm. Well, that was, was what
1: was troubling them, and they realised they had such bad pub- publicity. But well, I thought, it was, and look, I, I followed that case with. Much fun, and I was speaking to those young people from the phone here from Three CR. Oh, were you? Yes.
4: I didn't know that. You
1: must remember
4: wow, that. Breaking and, news. And, and, fact,
1: <laughs> and I love the wonderful the managing director in UK of, of uh, McDonald's when he was asked about all the rubbish and things and dumped in the landfills, and he said, "Well, think of all those empty landfills."
4: Hmm. Well, think of all the uh, all the, the, the forests remember? that are no longer there.
1: Well, empty landfills, you oh, see, waiting, right. waiting for all the McDonald's rubbish. Mm. But anyway, anyway, sorry. Look,
4: yeah, look, uh, I just want to go on to make sure that we're we've got the bar- the, the the barrister in uh, residence here. Uh, in the fa- in the franchise's view, this is what the company says. Illegal or unethical conduct of any of our bi- franchisees, especially in relation to their obligation as, in, as an employer, is totally unsatisfactory. This matter mm-hmm. has re- been referred to our legal team for further action, which may include other things, a formal breach notice being issued in relation to the conduct conduct. Failure to comply, which could lead to the termination of the franchisees' agreement. Well, wow. so there uh, might
1: be a franchise up for grabs. Yeah. So.
4: Well, there may be. At least uh, the Crust Pizza organisation are taking it on board. Yes. Uh, about that's what good. these franchisees have been up to, and they take it very seriously. Um, and I've probably covered myself so I can't get sued. Uh, what do you reckon, No, era what era? you said was fine. Yeah, good, mm, thank you. It's very good. Geez, we're well, lucky we got her. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we have her years ago when people were sort of left right and centre? When Jeff Kennett sued
1: me, when the Catholic Church sued you. Yeah.
3: Can I, can I, while we're talking sort of about. Union members and stuff. The, something that's so been so evident with uh, with the Abbott government, as well as now with this government, is how much they're getting in kicking the CFMEU. Every time they talk oh, yes. about something right. in Parliament, they mention the CFMEU. Yeah. The CFMEU responsible yeah. for everything. Yep. Everybody getting sick during winter, everything that's going on, that's the CFMEU's oh, fault, yeah. and they're lining mm-hmm. them up for something. I think and. Uh, Maybe deregistration? I don't know, but I think it's been oh. so obvious that I th- they're I the they're, I,
4: I really think they're responsible for Vera Lynn records, Um Oh, really? Yeah, zebra oh. crossings. Yes. And, and Vegemite. And the invention of Vegemite. <laughs> they, they've got their finger in all those pies. Oh,
3: everything. Yeah. yeah so, so when
4: we hear about thugs, we hear about... Or when we hear from a Liberal politician, well, all we hear about is the CFMEU. The they, they mention the
3: it in Parliament just about every day that oh. they're responsible for everything that's I gone wrong. I wonder
4: where we would be without the trade and, union uh, <clears> movement. Well,
3: uh, well, the thing is that if uh, Liberals get in next year, I think with the results of the Royal Commission, they'll use that to put through the worst possible uh, anti-union legislation that you could ever find.
4: The Royal Commission is totally, totally um, blackened. It is? um, By the uh, actions of Dyson, Hayden and whatever. It'll be forever tainted. No matter who goes to jail and for what reason, Mm. they'll know it was a biased um, uh, Royal Commission. Well,
3: there'll be plenty there for appeals, I would think.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think there's a lot of... Well, you would know, of course... Uh, yes. What do I call you, Madam? Madam. No, you don't Your call, you call me Irene. Your Honour. No, but if we were a courtroom, <laughs> you know? how
3: would oh. I refer to you? Uh, yeah. Miss Bolger.
4: Anyway, Bulger. and yeah. it's coming up to 10 o'clock oh, in the forenoon. Oh, you Madam noon,
1: if so. you were sitting higher up there at the end of the court? No, be
3: Your Honour. Yeah. You can call me Your Honour if you like. But oh, I I, well, I'm, I'm gone, See, I'm I, I going.
1: never call them Your Honour. I always <laughs> call them Sir or Madam. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: No. I'm going to
4: judge at school next week, so uh, <laughs> might be, you might call me, Your Honour. We will. Anyway, it's yeah. coming up to 10 o'clock in the forenoon. Oh, as you so fast. So let's go out in the same old way. Why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. You don't fight. You lose. Good morning from Left After Breakfast. Bye.
0: Left After Breakfast presents the legendary Left After Lunch. A very special Getting to Know You day and fundraiser where you will rub shoulders with legendary luminaries and swap stories with other legendary listeners. Tickets are $25 and $30. So come on down for Left After Lunch on Sunday, the 1st of November from 1pm to 4pm at Eco Centre St Kilda Botanic Gardens. Visit 3cr.org.au for more information.